Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You. Today I have someone who is very, very experienced in travel, Shobha Mohan. Shobha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Shobha is the founder of Rare India, which is uh, an organization she has built for experiential travel. She herself has traveled extensively. And interestingly, she is a zoology graduate who did journalism and mass communication. So Shobha, tell me a little bit about your early years. So early years before I came to Delhi, uh, I usually divide my life into two parts, one before coming to Delhi and one after coming to Delhi. Before coming to Delhi, life was in a small town um, without television or anything. So a lot of walking, uh, you know, getting interested in everything and everything that anything and everything that was around you. Uh, Vizag is a very cosmopolitan city. So there were lots of, uh, you know, people from Navy, or, uh, the army. I'm a, I'm a railway man's daughter. So there was a lot of travel by train. There was, you know, taking off uh, on bus trips. There were a lot of uh, uh, walking down to the beach. And also, if you know the uh, uh, the geography of Vizag, there are the mountains on one side and it, it kind of um, uh, takes you down to the, uh, to the beach or the Bay of Bengal. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, walking away into the mountains when you're upset with your parents. Mm. So there was a lot of that uh, kind of a thing. Also, it was a very active life because uh, I was a very curious as a mm. child. And even uh, my growing up years meant uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm. literally. I knew that I loved science, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, everybody said doctor. So I just went on with the whole doctor thing this, because this is a very South India thing. Doctor mm. or engineer mm. was what it was those days. But... Um, I was very, very interested in everything. I wanted to do, be a philanthropist. I wanted to be uh, a beautician. I, I was very interested in everything mm-hmm. and anything that was around me. My father used to call me the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, stick to something. But till I think I was about 30, 35, I never, I didn't really figure out what I wanted to okay. actually uh, stick my head into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I knew was I was a wanderer. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to travel. I, I love to go on trains. I mean, uh, just going out and, and I was also a people's person. Mm-hmm. So that is my, uh, my life till 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, of course, I came to Delhi and, uh, you know, then coming back, coming into Delhi meant, um, uh, Coming to Delhi meant that you kind of um, figured out, understood the dynamics of coming into a larger city. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I was thrown out of gear to think that you're in a city which didn't think too much of you. Yeah. Because in Vizag, in a small city, you were like, you know, I mean, your brothers thought you were, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, you know, you're, uh, among your friends, you because you were reading the all the latest books you were reading, you were watching movies and things like that. So among your friends, you were something. Mm. But in Delhi, you were nothing. I mean, you you know, so much anonymity. And Mm. also coming into a family that was into a trade that you never understood anything Mm. about. Mm. That meant um, you, I kind of really picked up everything from scratch and uh, went to a lot of existential crises, you know, (laughs) wondering whether is this what you want to do? Is journalism what you want to pursue? Correct. Correct. So that is when uh, Rare India happened, is it? Yeah. At at first, I, you know, I was actually working my first um, actual job where I really, uh, which really caught my fancy Mm -hmm. was working for a company called Photo Media. Photo Media was like your, uh, your uh, shutter stock of Mm -hmm. these days. It was a, it was a, 
photo agency and i still say uh, radhika was uh, my first boss taught me a lot of things i mean mm-hmm. it shook me out of my uh, you know i'm a small town girl and i i can't think like this it just shook me out of all mm-hmm. those things i you know and uh, i started evolving from there onwards uh, travel came in much later okay. you know uh, starting this um, starting rare came in much later mm-hmm. in 2004 mm-hmm. but i entered the travel business in 1995 okay Okay, fair enough. So, tell me a little bit about uh, Rare. First, it's a very nice name. Yeah. What does it mean? So, you know, I it started off as TS Marketing Services in two thousand four. It was a uh, it was a proprietorship, um, a travel and hospitality marketing company. Again, um, came up. Uh, I mean, it consolidated. It just didn't happen then. Nineteen ninety six. I started a travel company with a neighbor of mine. to promote offbeat hotels mm-hmm. uh, you know this was 1996 1996 1997 1998 i started you know traveling bus train however i could mm-hmm. even uh, you know hitching a bike on a uh, on a bike with mm-hmm. a biker uh, going into kumaung hills going into himachal hills and finding out these offbeat places and at one point in time in 1997 i knew about 100 different places wow. which nobody's even heard was mm-hmm. uh, nobody even heard about and uh, uh, and we had moved to gurgaon in 1995 and my partner and i used to sit at the gurgaon club this is a dlf club mm-hmm. which is a very small one near yeah. bristol hotel and uh, you know catch people going to the swimming pool and things mm-hmm. like that and keep talking to mm-hmm. them about a place nobody's even heard of mm-hmm. i mean um, himalayan trout house um, uh, the cottage in jolly coat mm-hmm. you know and th- this is a tribe even back then it was a tribe so mm-hmm. people you know recommended so if you went to the jolly coat she would recommend the natwa khan people no, she would sorry. recommend uh, something called the red clover mm-hmm. which is uh, i don't know if they even exist today mm-hmm. so that is how the business began wow. but it was largely dedicated to the domestic market you know uh, and the kind of people who uh, came to travel with us was uh mostly people from uh, advertising media you know those kind of people because the regular people didn't did not understand a non hotel concept uh, so these are the kind of people who would be uh, approaching us and 1999 outlook traveler came about and all these shobas secret space places mm-hmm. kind of suddenly splashed all over the this thing mm-hmm. and um, uh you know the the contacts their numbers their addresses were all put there and mm-hmm. slowly the business lost its relevance in the model it okay. was in okay. and that is when the whole i i mean there was a time when i was thinking i should quit and mm-hmm. you know there was mortgages to pay there were children mm-hmm. coming up and uh, my husband also was restarting uh, his in the travel space so i was um, looking at taking up a job somewhere mm-hmm. and then suddenly out of the blue one of the hotels i traveled to that winter uh said you know we're looking for somebody to market us in in uh, delhi would mm-hmm. you want to take it up and i said uh yes mm-hmm. you know uh very low paid but uh, it just seemed what i wanted to Correct. do and that is when the switch happened this is 2004 i'm talking okay. about okay okay and you have told me what happened how the word rare came so uh till 9 2009 it was uh, ts yes. marketing services mm-hmm. and again i was the only one 
person who was doing it in this fashion. Mm-hmm. By 2009, uh, I was a proprietor mm-hmm. and I had one person working with me. I had a couple of part-timers mm-hmm. who would come and mm-hmm. go, but there was only uh, Murli Sundaram uh, and a, an accountant mm-hmm. and we were the, a team of three. Uh, there was a lady who just became a, uh, who became a partner later mm-hmm. on, but she uh, was part-timing. Okay. So in 2009, I renamed it as Rare okay. because uh, I was looking at a name that would signify these things in one word uh-huh. uh, because these were not unusual, easy to come by. Unusual, unusual rare, unique. Okay. Uh, and also I called it rare destinations mm. and experiences because I wanted to uh, drive it from the experience point of view, mm. not so much as the destination, but more with the uh, experience. And with the experience, it became a destination. And most of them are destination hotels. Okay. So there is only one hotel in that destination. Mm. Wonderful. So, you know, uh, over the years, uh, and we've also traveled quite extensively, I find more and more people are looking for experiences rather than just a destination. Correct. Um, How involved do you get in curating an experience for your guests? So, uh, to be very honest, I'm uh, I'm only the... uh, the bank, like the bank teller, okay. I only put the money out. Okay. So uh, this is actually curated by the owners of the hotels mm-hmm. themselves. I mean, okay. there is. I, I have uh, my only um, uh, work there is to drive authenticity, mm-hmm. to ensure that it follows the tenets that Rare lays out when we, we audit okay. a hotel. Okay. So it, it is essentially. I might give feedback mm-hmm. and tell them that you know uh, this is an experience that you could highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it is in because they're all owner-run hotels. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. It is their concept. Okay. It's not my concept. Okay. It is for me. It is to aggregate them and bring them under a community, which is what rare is. I understand. And then you speak about conscious luxury travel. Yes. What does this mean? So, um, <clears throat> you know, if you look at the uh, the uh, collection or the community of hotels we mm-hmm. have, all of them are um, a unique in two three ways. Mm-hmm. One uh, is, of course, most of them are out of the usual tourist circuits. Correct. Uh, most of them are actually following a passion mm-hmm. or they, are, they have gone back to their hometown or their base and have created something that they feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, many of them, we have photographers on board, we have filmmakers on board, we have people who have set up some well-to-do fashion brands. Uh, we've had, uh, we have people who, uh, one of the first uh, hotels to come on board was a fashion photographer. Uh, then there are conservationists where, which his house is, was like his laboratory. And that is where, you know, he, he puts out an experience. So basically these are their experiences. My only work is to go visit them uh, check for their authenticity mm-hmm. and also look at various look at it from various uh, aspects of how they are impacting the community uh, how are they uh, how is it um, uh, you know because there are, there are lots of um, uh, lo- lots of small components mm-hmm. add up to the fact that they are conscious about the uh, the environment okay. they are conscious about how they uh, are um, uh, engaging with the community mm-hmm. it is all they are also conscious about how how they want to highlight the destination mm-hmm. you know today in the travel space um, when i started when i started in 2004 experience was was not in the mm-hmm. travel space mm-hmm. at all at that mm-hmm. point in time. A hotel was just a hotel Correct. or it was a resort or a retreat. Correct. Right. If it was a jungle lodge, it was a lodge. Uh, over a period of time, uh, you know, slowly the experience started. I mean, mm-hmm. there was 
2004 we literally laid out the blueprint for what an experiential experiential hotel would be like mm. even tour operators there were only a handful of tour Correct. operators who drove the business from from that point of Correct. view then suddenly i'm in a I'm in this space as a few people who work with me have gone out and branched out on their own suddenly experience is everywhere mm. so we said meaning is the new luxury we said experience is the new luxury we said all of this and all these narratives have uh, you know uh, gone on however our audit principles have been have evolved with our partner hotels okay. so conservation is a big perspective preservation of heritage and wildlife is a mm. big, big perspective repurposing of heritage is a big perspective uh, working with the communities is a mm. is a point of view that uh, you know is a, is a very important aspect of a lot of our okay. dads. Um, sustainable uh, best practices. Mm. What do they do with their plastic garbage? Uh, I I notice in the last three four years, it, especially in the last one year, thanks to Greta, that it has become a part of a, it has become a big part of every conversation mm. and especially the travel con uh, travel okay. and hospitality okay. Okay. Uh, conversations. Okay. Uh, so. Last year, we, our business did a switch over, mm. right? And when that happened, when we looked at rephrasing our business, we um, we kind of brought all this into center focus. It always existed. Mm. Mm. It always existed. When we talked about audit points, these were points that we spoke about all the time. Correct. But when we try, when we rephrased it, and I wanted to cre uh, create uh, key differentiators. I brought the uh, consciousness of how and where you travel to. Mm. And if you can look at travel from the windows of, uh, uh, you know, from the windows of sustainability, mm. we brought this uh, whole idea of conscious luxury travel and we renamed, uh, we uh, rephrased rare, the rare community mm. as a community of conscious luxury hotels. Okay. Uh, conscious and not sustainability because sustainability is still a bad word in uh, this thing. They think it is basic, rustic, you know, they, all these connotations okay. go with it, which is why we said conscious and uh, we kind of define consciousness as being aware, believing in it and and uh, making the right choices. Amazing. Thank you for telling me all this because, you know, when you read this phrase, you don't understand so yes, much of it yeah. goes behind it. Yeah, it? yeah. So my next question is, uh, you know, you, have, you started the business in 2004. You've been working with people who want to travel even earlier. And yet this is the age of millennials. Yes. How are millennials redefining travel? So, a millennials are um, are more net tech savvy, net savvy. So, they will be looking at uh, traveling or looking at um, uh, you know uh, looking at these um, uh, travel opportunities from you know looking at it. They're also faster. You know, uh, when I actually used to go and train people earlier. There was a lot of conversations, you know, easy, you know, people trying to understand you. So all my older relationships have been based on uh, people talking to you, people trying to understand where you are from. So the if I, you know, break down my business pre-2014 and post-2014, mm -hmm. all my, uh, you know, uh, substantial contacts pre-2014 the slightly those the, those days I was in my thirties and they were there they were in their I was in my thirties or early uh, late thirties mm -hmm. or early forties and people were in their early forties mm -hmm. or uh, late forties so they would take time to understand where you're coming from Correct. right uh, two things have happened to the millennials that they are geared to this right they know all of this and social media has created a yeah. larger impact yeah. and they understand their understanding of these things are much higher. 
uh, however i uh, they're also very deal driven hmm. you know okay. very deal driven yeah so i so i want to make sustainability or conscious luxury travel very sexy mm-hmm. you know this that is when i think uh, you know the millennials will kind of understand it or uh, they'll kind of get into deeper into the whole uh, idea that said i find a lot of millennials who are you know who uh, you know who really get it quickly mm-hmm. and there are some millennials who will take the shortcuts mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> they'll understand a few things they won't understand a few Correct. things you know Correct. so things like that Correct. and also somebody with gray hair talking this probably they think that you know uh, i mean not so cool mm-hmm. but uh, sustainability is uh, is a worldwide conversation right. you know so right. yeah so i got one more question for you on travel before i move to some other questions and you know that relates to infrastructure one of the biggest problems i keep hearing uh, that is a big challenge to tourism development is infrastructure mm. so if you were the minister of tourism what were some of the changes you would want to see to give a huge boost you know i i i have a little uh, uh, disagreement with this whole infrastructure thing is uh, concerned mm. for instance having you know flights everywhere are uh, taking you as close to the jungle as mm. possible mm. these create po- opportunities for over tourism mm. you know what is tourism or what is the idea of a sustainable uh, development if you kind of completely ruin the destination i mean agra is like 3 hours away corbett uh, is a great uh, great uh, example mm. one of the one of our best forests mm. one of our first national parks it is you know it is inundated with hotels it has no um, uh, you know infrastructure it is as the roads are quite good uh, there are no dearth of hotels i mean there is there is no place for you to stand quietly and watch the wildlife so infrastructure development if i i would keep some places inviolate i wouldn't drive make these big roads going into tribal areas for instance no if somebody is interested and somebody is sensitive they take that extra effort yeah. to drive there same thing about jungles and wildlife mm-hmm. right i would make some areas completely inviolate the huge infrastructure is for your you know where you need vehicular traffic and things like that that mm-hmm. said uh, infrastructure also i would give subsidies for solar energy for instance i would give subsidies uh, to ensure that the culture of a destination stays as it is mm-hmm. i mean i just saw a, a uh, uh, headline for ladakh love to death i mean are we loving ladakh mm-hmm. to death and that is what will happen mm-hmm. now i mean if you kind of just open up an area for tourism it will kill the mm-hmm. i mean ladakh is sensitive where uh, the the uh, the environment is concerned it is sensitive where it is culturally sensitive it is sensitive in every which mm-hmm. way and if you open it up for people to drive to fly uh, to you know to take choppers and things like that you will completely mm-hmm. ruin the destination so the idea is about um, driving quality tourism high value tourism you know that is what will mm. ensure that uh, you know we have some places it's not some places most of the top end tourism places that will that really uh, uh, they they form the image of india you know they will have to be inviolate and pristine mm. 
it doesn't change. Okay. Twenty years down the line, Ladakh should still be uh, look the same as, it, look, yeah. uh, look, uh, as it is. And there have been companies, not now. Mm. From the seventies, there have been companies who've been promoting, uh, you know, Ladakh, yeah. Ladakh like that. Have been promoting jungles like that. Some of our oldest uh, wildlife lodges are entrenched in the whole, the, the entire philosophy of conservation. Mm. How to bring tourists in, but at the same time keep it so pristine that nothing changes. Mm. Right. Okay. And if, uh, uh, unlike what people might be thinking, there are no people are not sitting there and saying, oh, come city people come and, you know, inundate yeah. us and take our resources away and you, you take our water away. And I like nobody is sitting there looking mm. for tourism. They're like happy that. doing what they are. They're happy doing what they are. Right. Oh, very interesting. So, you know, uh, Shobha, you're also a writer and you're a blogger. Tell me a little bit about what you write about. I write about a lot of uh, subjects. I'm um uh, of course, tourism is one of the things that uh, travel. Mm. When I travel, I write. Uh, I also write. Uh, recently, I started writing a lot about excesses in the name of luxury. Okay. I mean, in the realm of uh, uh, in the realm of uh, sustainable travel. Mm. Uh, I also like to. I mean, I'm I'm a great believer in the India in India and in the Indian traditions. Uh, I you know something picks my interest something really moves me i write about mm. anything and everything so uh, the travel blogs are all on rare india i have a personal blog called touch water uh, i come from a very um, traditional uh, south indian family mm. and there have been lots of little little things that my grandmother did or my mother did and things other that, mm. that have stayed with me and uh, these things um, uh, motivate me when I'm down and out. These are things that, you know, make me smile sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are songs my father has sung that, uh, you know, that inspires me sometimes. Uh, there are, you know, the, the our, uh, our traditions and our languages okay. is a mine of these lovely metaphors Absolutely. and anecdotes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, falling, going back to these from childhood days, uh, are something which is you know it, it just enlightens me on a day to day basis and I share it with uh, one and all yeah fantastic so Shubha I've got time for a few questions for you personally now. yeah uh, my first question is that you know you had such an amazing life you know the few people I have met who is doing what you wanted to do which yeah. is travel so you're passionate about what you're doing um, over the years have you had people who've had an influence on you? And if yes, what have you learned from them? Yeah, so, um, yes, I, I'm, I mean, I, I can't tell you I'm an original. I, that would be a false claim. I've been highly influenced by the people who've been, uh, who have, have been around me. Mm-hmm. My father, in the, my father in the initial uh, years of my growth, though mm-hmm. I didn't really, um, didn't take it very kindly to all his advice when I was growing up. My father is a big influence on me. Okay. Uh, he was a perfectionist and uh, he was an engineer and uh, he he was hugely creative. So he was a big influence on me. And then, uh, you know, the, the, my brother-in-law and my husband, both of them are in the travel business. So uh, seeing them work, you know, hugely uh, uh, you know, uh, creative people in the travel mm-hmm. industry. So mm-hmm. I've seen them work. I mean, I've just seen how they would put their heads down. And this was before, uh, you know, internet, tele- telephones, uh, you know, uh, mobile phones and all were there. And I've seen these guys really work very hard. The, you know, going to the airport, um, 
it odd hours of the day and yeah. night which they still do i mean if there's a vip client coming you'll see uh, both of them at the airport yeah. right uh, so these are two people who have really inspired me i've been inspired by a lot of women yeah. you know um, you know including i like people who work through hardships yeah. and i like people who stand their ground um so there are people like that who have influenced me my entire tribe of uh, hotels mm. right these are these are ca- characters these are these are independent personalities and i have learned from each one of them mm. uh, you know having done zoology and uh, you know breaking away from it and trying to get into journalism but uh, going back into the forest and relearning my trees plants birds uh, wild animals mm-hmm. was another way of uh, you know sure. re- rephrasing my own personality mm-hmm. and my own brand mm-hmm. uh, i am again i'm still the same i'm interested in everything mm-hmm. i love textiles i love food i love wildlife i like birds you know i i love photography i've dabbled in a lot of them you know i still sketch i you know so i love reading books so i nothing not one thing defines me which is why travel i think is such a integral part of my life it allows me to go through the entire spectrum, spectrum. of interest mm-hmm. that i that interests me i'm really interested in things right. it's just not to say it or something like that i'm very interested in how a writer's mind works mm-hmm. i'm i'm fascinated by movie making for instance so these are all a part of uh, who i am and uh, i can officially say that uh, i'm a jack of all trades and it works for me in the wonderful. travel business wonderful. so my next question is that what would be three words that define shobha and i'm going to ask you not to use curious okay <laughs> because based on my conversation yes. i know you're very curious yeah, yeah. um uh, humility mm-hmm. i'm very humble that uh, starting from where i began and uh, being where i am today i'm humility is one of the things that really uh, okay. i'm uh, humbled by what gratitude is the next and uh, hope is the third one of the words yes. thank you so my last question to you and this is on failure yeah um and i ask this from all my guests because i do believe that we as parents in india don't teach children that it's okay to fail we are all the time saying come first yes you know you must be ahead of everyone and yet we fail all the time yes so my question to you is that what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures i also made the same mistake with my children yeah. wanting them to be uh, this thing but both my children have taught me that uh, they do not want to be first mm-hmm. um independently one is a graphic designer and one is pursuing anthropology and biology and uh, both of them have uh, time and again taught me that they don't want to be first mm. they want to do what they are doing and okay, they right. want to do it well but they are not competing with anybody else mm. but themselves mm. and that is one learning for me from my children mm. and uh, till you know till i reached a point i mean till my daughter actually till my first daughter touch 22 when she actually started doing what she uh, you know what she was pursuing i had all these ideas in your head see i personally believe that we are all conditioned to believe certain things it's not our fault sure. i mean that is how we are all yeah. are. but there is nothing stopping me from changing what i what i was or where i want to be so uh, f- from my children i have learned that it is completely okay to make a mistake mm-hmm. uh, to 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 accept that i've been at fault and uh, to and to correct it 
what is not acceptable for me is to know that you made a mistake you failed and uh, staying there that's not acceptable however to say that listen i made a mistake and i this is what i tell my team i said please come and say that you know i'm sorry i made a mistake please do not go and uh, you know try and cover it up it's okay mm-hmm. i mean we're all humans you know uh, we all have our failings okay. we procrastinate we uh, we you know we judge unfairly so but, uh, you know despite all of that there is nothing to stop from uh, stop us from relearning what we have been conditioned to believe so Shobha, thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you and I wish Rare India lots of success. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It was a pleasure talking to you and I just didn't feel one bit conscious at all. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Simply search for The Brand Called You. Thank you and see you next week.